Welcome to episode number three. Today, I'm talking about fitness as a relationship. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. Welcome everyone, my name is Kelly. I'm glad that you're here. On this episode, I'm going to crack into something fundamental to our struggle to stay regularly active. But before that, I thought it was appropriate to start the podcast by unapologetically driving my sword into the beating heart of today's fitness culture. So that might sound a little hyperbolic or too violent, but I do want to question something that goes unquestioned in today's culture to make a very, very important point right off the bat. As I discussed in episode two on mindset, the methods we take to get fit follow our mindset we have towards fitness. Right now, the pervasive belief about fitness is that fitness, or to be fit, is a look, an ability, or even a number. Before I even take an inch of ground on that topic, I want to be perfectly clear that I think this belief causes way more problems than it ever solves. Fitness, above anything else, is a relationship. It's this premise that threads its way through my work, my writing, and will persist as I explore the inner game of staying active with you. Fitness is a relationship. At this point, of course, I must repeat that I take a critical stance on popular fitness culture and today's fitness industry to some degree. I believe that it only works for a certain small segment of the population, and it's a large obstacle to people forming a positive, motivating relationship with physical activity. So let's explore this a little more today. Unless you've been living in a shack in the mountains cut off from humanity, we're all sort of stuck in consumer culture. I don't want to paint it as inherently good or bad. It is what it is at this point. But it's important to see fitness for what it has become, a branded concept today. So let me ask you this. When you think of fitness, what images come to mind? You wouldn't be alone if the image of a gym, a fitness class, um, sculpted, uh, skinny bodies or muscular bodies comes to mind. For decades, fitness has become inextricably linked with consumption. As such, we've been at the mercy of industry to determine what fit is and looks like. Now, of course, scientists have definitions of these sorts of things and The merging of science and industry has yielded some amazing advancements, that's for sure. But the popular frame through which we tend to see fitness has come at a cost. We focus on the external stuff. We lock on to numbers. As the famous question goes, but is this progress? I'm not going to sit here and say this person or this study or this particular belief is wrong. The question is always, with me at least, is whether it works. And most importantly, for you listening, does it work for you? Let's suspend what we're told about fitness from popular culture today. Instead, let's personalize it. Let's get a little intimate with it. Fitness is a relationship. It's a relationship between your mind, your body, and the activities you choose, and even how you do them. In the name of sustainable physical activity, in the name of regular patterns of, let's call them healthy behaviors, looking at fitness as a series of finish lines, as a series of goal achievements, 
detaches us from the daily connection with movement that really propels people forward in a magnetic way. Now, I'm speaking in a lot of metaphors here, so I'll, I'll step back for a second. I want to use an example kind of to tie a lot of these ideas together. And again, these are ideas that are going to come up on a regular basis in the podcast. In a follow-up with a client, my conviction over this grand unbranding where fitness is not a finish line, fitness is not a look or a number, it's a relationship, has strengthened. In fact, part of this client's story is in my book. Her name is Delilah. She was trying to get things back on track after having a child. She lived a pretty active life before her pregnancy and unsurprisingly, like a lot of people do, she struggled with rebuilding the movement she had lost. She struggled with rebuilding or recapturing the routine she had established before giving birth. And to make a long story short, Delilah and I talked about how she loved to bike. That was her thing. However, she was anxious about getting back on the bike after over a year hiatus. She put on some weight and with that, like again, a lot of people experience, she felt super self-conscious about it. The external stuff like what other people thought or her beliefs about how she looked on the outside was mucking with her mind. She was focusing on what other people might think about her being on a bike. The main expense, if you will, the main cost of this mindset, of this perspective, was that she had become distracted from the most important part of the fitness equation, her relationship with her bike. That relationship, as she described it, was built on an enjoyment of the fresh air, of being outside, the thrill of going fast, and on top of that, meeting the challenge, the general challenge that physical activity presents by default. But in one conversation, she said something that revealed what was really holding her back. She said, I just don't want to be a fat lady on a bike. That confession hung in the air. Delilah was avoiding something she loved to do because of this story. That was the story. I don't want to be a fat lady on a bike. So what next? What would you do or what would you say in such a scenario? What would you suggest to her? Well, this is what happened. We made a deal. I asked her to take a risk and go out and get back on the bike. That's it. No judgment. Be as brave as you can and just go. I wanted her, I guess, with that suggestion to rekindle the relationship she once had. To do that, she really had to feel what she liked about riding again. The fresh air, the speed, the challenge, all of those things. She needed to, in effect, feel her relationship again. So she tried this and it worked. Her bike was back in action. She managed to flip a switch and put momentum back on her side. But I want to make something pretty clear, and this is why I'm really bringing up this story, the story of Delilah today. The struggle is definitely real. Your relationship with fitness is constantly under attack. And make no mistake, you're in a relationship with fitness. You have one right now, whether you're loyally active or you're not. You're in a marriage, a long-lasting marriage, or you're not. Remember how I said I was critical of fitness culture, though? Well, there's a, a lot out there to trigger us into believing that fitness isn't about the bike, that it isn't about the shoes, it isn't about the fresh air, it isn't about being with like-minded people or with friends or 
the intensity of lifting weights or the peacefulness of your mat. There's a lot of triggers out there that make us feel like fitness is about a look or some kind of number. I think you get what I'm saying that our mindset, our outlook, our perspective on fitness can be interrupted by things that almost randomly show up in our frame of reference. We'll get into this in future episodes, but if this is a perspective that hasn't worked for you, if making fitness about the numbers and about a look or what people think of you is a source of frustration and discouragement, maybe it's time to leave it behind. Now, I say that, and I know it's easier said than done. It certainly is hard when the alternatives to this are so suppressed in today's fitness discourse that it's hard to discover them and talk about them in any meaningful way. So I hope I can be a little bit of a messenger for that. And part of that message, or part of being that messenger, includes some of the stuff that I've learned from people over the years, some of the fiercely loyal people. I always call them the fiercely loyal because there is some great fierce loyalty within fitness that bucks a lot of these popular fitness trends or the trends that are offered by popular fitness culture. So let me illustrate. So after nearly two years of being regularly active and being really into cycling, Delilah hit a big time obstacle. So after she rekindled her relationship with her bike and she got a great routine going, she hit an obstacle. It wasn't a pothole, but the effect of this obstacle was equally as jarring, I'd argue. On a whim one day, Delilah decided to get a fitness assessment. Most fitness centers or gyms offer them in some form. Some will measure things like uh, your body fat percentage or your establish your BMI and so on and so forth. And despite having lost quite a bit of weight from her active lifestyle, her assessment results yielded some numbers that were, let's say, unfavorable. And to her, quite surprising. And that's why I chose the word jarring. The effect was pretty dramatic. The floor beneath her feet really shook. It really got to her. So we talked shortly after this assessment. Her self-esteem had clearly plummeted. Her mindset by all accounts, had been hijacked and her her motivation, the, the momentum I was talking about, had just been crushed. The motivation had plunged. And what happens in these cases is she doubted herself. She doubted whether she was doing things right. Her mind was pulling her in a troublesome direction that in the past, all the data would suggest never worked for her. She said, things were going really well. I've been enjoying everything I was doing, the gym, my bike, running, all those things, and now I feel like that's all gone. Measurement culture had struck again. Delilah had unceremoniously handed her power over to something else after building it up into something really strong, really independent, really self-driven. She handed it over, and as long as it took for a computer to spit out some metrics, Delilah's mindset had flipped from fitness being a relationship based on how it made her feel when she was on her bike and the enjoyment of riding to something that she needed to repair or to fix or to normalize, if you will. Now, I know Delilah is going to be fine. She's got the tools to rebound. But if you've ever had a discouraging blow to your fitness journey like this one, you know that the rebound is definitely not easy. That is a hard thing to bounce back from. I know she won't forget the assessment either. It's almost like you. You get a grade on an exam that you thought you did really well on, and instead of getting 
and A, you got a D. And that's kind of how she felt. She felt completely gutted by it. And it can easily become an ongoing source of dejection if she were to dwell on it. And no doubt she'll dwell on it a little bit, or even a lot, at least in the near term. But Delilah, as you guys out there, myself included, can still learn from it. And that's the thing. Even though it's something jarring, it's almost borderline dramatic, we can learn from it. So one lesson is to ask ourselves a question. And it's a question that I ask a lot of people who are kind of struggling and toiling and feeling really frustrated with how things are going. Especially those people who are really conscious of all the numbers to do with fitness, all of the measurement. Are you using the numbers or are they using you? All right, so let's slow down for a moment. Delilah's story, as fresh as it is on my mind, has pulled me a little bit off course. So I want to return to the fundamental mistake people make when they're trying to live a more active life. That mistake is believing that fitness is a look, a number, or some sort of ability. So what do I mean when I say fitness is a relationship? Let me ask it a different way. How would you describe your relationship with exercise if you had to? Are you in love and passionately committed? Do you have a love-hate relationship? Or are you divorced? Maybe on the sidelines waiting for some sort of spark to come along and invite you back into the game? You see, we can kind of apply this relationship metaphor to almost everything we do in fitness, and it really fits. But most importantly, no matter your status, everyone starts out dating physical activity. Of course, if I ask, most people will tell you, of course, they want a loyal marriage. They want something committed and strong. They want a routine of some sort that they can sustain. Unfortunately, most of us get stuck in these shallow, short-term fitness flings or even stay on the sidelines altogether, a little bit jaded by the whole game, and in fact, recognizing how, at times, fitness culture can be really ridiculous. If you're okay with all the breakups, that's great. I'm happy that you could be happy in that sort of pattern. So more power to you, but that's not what I hear from people. And I'm guessing that's not why you're listening to the show or why you're interested in the mental side of fitness and sustainable fitness. But what I also hear is that today's fitness mindset turns them against their bodies as if fitness has to be some sort of war in the pursuit of some sort of goal. But in all the relationships that matter to you in your life, your loyalty doesn't grow from fighting things, but nurturing them. Loyalty grows from love, from an attraction. And guess what? Every single loyally active person I've worked with or interviewed, the people who've been moving regularly for years, decades even, told me that their marriage wasn't based on willpower, wasn't based on winning this war, but on something far more powerful. But just like everyone else, they all started out dating fitness, testing, experimenting. If you feel your struggle is because you're lazy or you're mentally weak in some way, I'm here to tell you you're wrong. I honestly believe it's more likely that you haven't met the one yet. You know what I mean by the one, something that's come along and struck you so powerfully that you can't help but return to it. Whether that's an activity, an experience, something. And if you go back to episode one about the pain pendulum, there's a pattern that people get stuck in that keep them from playing the field and dating fitness and being even curious about exploring all the 
dozens and dozens and dozens of options that are available to us. I mean, we live in a time right now where there's so many fitness options and yet sometimes we just get stuck on one or two and we keep returning to them over and over again. And if you, again, go back to the pain pendulum episode, there's a pattern that people keep getting stuck in and that's what's stifling curiosity. That's what's preventing people from finding that one experience, the one activity, that one cool moment or set of cool moments that really change the game for for people. Every year, for example, millions of people return to the treadmill at the end of the line of their local gym again, like returning to their ex, expecting things to be different. If I only work harder at this thing again, things will work out. And if you recall, the pain pendulum is really about swinging between the pain of discipline, that means the pain of sticking to physical activity you don't like, that's unenjoyable, to the pain of the regret, shame, even self-loathing of being a failure or quitting. But quitting is rarely an energy problem. It's a compatibility problem. So if you see fitness as a relationship, you start asking yourself, does this thing fit me? Does this activity fit me? Well, let's put it another way. Why can't getting in shape, being healthier, or looking better simply be the side effect of being in love with some form of physical activity. Why is getting in shape, being healthier, or looking better always the goal and the love so secondary? In fact, the love is an accident if it happens. It's easy to look around and see people running on the streets or lifting weights at the gym or going on these long hikes every weekend and feel a little bit guilty if These are things that you are not doing, or these are things that you wish you would be doing. But I know you can get there, and remember, nothing is simple as it looks, and it does really help to audit the state of our relationship with physical activity. If I slam all the exercise histories I've gathered together over the years, I'd say that the collective relationship status it would tell us is, it's complicated. I hope we can untangle things a little bit, but it's complicated. And we can simplify or make sense of it by asking some different questions, questions I think that we won't necessarily find in today's popular fitness culture, a culture that is really focused on just really asking about what your goal is when fitness is really so much more than that. And to overcome the obstacles that we face today, to overcome the barriers that are holding so many people back, I think it's time to ask new, fresh questions that circumvent some of the cultural issues that I think are becoming the problem today and not the solution. So it's okay if fitness feels like a complicated relationship. That's fine. You're not alone. What's not complicated is my gratitude for you showing up today. We're off to a running start on uh, the podcast and today we've covered a lot. Take a moment if you can and follow the show on Instagram at happily ever active show or follow me kelly.dell. That's D-O-E-L-L, silent O, or check out the Facebook page. Until next time, here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.